Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob. Join with me are my friends, Mike. Hey. And Lou. Hola, chicos. And today we have... And chicas. And chicas, it's true. Today we have a very special guest. Our guest is an old friend of mine from high school. During our Xbox Live days, he gave himself the nickname as a team player. Because we try to keep the show family friendly, I will not repeat the real nickname we gave him as a group. Man is not afraid to walk downtown Detroit like he's an old mobster that demands respect. Don't let his food recommendations fool you. Just go in with little expectations and you won't be disappointed. Please give a warm welcome to our friend, quote unquote, team player Drew. Oh, hello there. Thank you for that wonderful intro. I I disagree with almost everything you said, though. (laughs) Sorry, that wasn't the clap button. My fault. (laughs) Am I that boring? I get a cricket. I'm blind. The cricket doesn't look that different from a hand. (laughs) So each week, we like to start out with an icebreaker question. Feel free to comment on our socials or on our YouTube. uh, Any icebreaker questions you have for us, if you do, and we use it on the show, you'll get a plus one to being the top top reward. Right now, our good friend Pokemon trainer Cantwell leads with a plus five for being the first person to read one of the books on our list with the last house on Needless Street. So congratulations, Cantwell, for yanking the lead out of Lucian's wife's uh, hands. Yeah. This week, I want to know, what is your favorite controller of all time? And I'll I'll go first. Before we get into that, I do want to say, even though I'm the one who suggested five points, I'm not even convinced five points is enough for putting down one of those books like a week later. Okay. So at least five points. Cantwell is in the lead. Either way, Lucian's wife only had one point. So, you know, (laughs) he's winning either way. (laughs) Yep. So for me, it has to be the current iteration of Xbox controllers. My, My first thought was the Xbox 360 controller. But then once Classic. I got an, an Xbox One, I went back to play some gaming on the 360 and it just it felt off. It didn't feel quite as comfortable. It was like ergonomic. So I have to go with the Xbox One. And I don't even think they changed it to the Xbox Series X controller. Maybe there's like some Bluetooth functionality, but it's basically the same design. I just love the feel. I don't like the sticks that are at the same height level. So uh, that's why I prefer Xbox. Never yeah, been an Xbox guy. So Xbox, when I was when I was playing 360, I thought it was the height of luxury for sure. It's not. I'm not there anymore, but I cannot fault you for loving that controller. I feel like I can't answer this question in an unbiased way. You know, it's it's like what the controller that you use the most often is the one that my that I'm used to. Like I I can pick up a PlayStation controller. And it will feel weird. But if I play like 100 hours of some PlayStation game, it probably won't feel that weird anymore. That's that's fair. But like, I also thought my second place would win like a GameCube controller. So you could still, you know, <clears> differentiate <throat> from that even in your past if you had multiple systems. Now, Drew, you were just an Xbox family, right? For the most part. Uh, actually, I was a PlayStation family growing up oh. until middle school, I think. We had a PlayStation 2. That was my first console. So I, I was a PlayStation controller guy for quite some time. Fan of the DualShock. I mean, I liked it when I had it, but I was also, you know sixth grade and below so i don't know if i trust my opinions my memories of that time mike how about you what's your favorite controller oh you had to ask me next um i can i can i can scoot over to lou because i think we know what he's gonna say i mean yeah you can go ahead and do that but i'm still gonna be juggling four different controllers when you get back to me so all right lou tell us which dualshock variation was your favorite yeah yeah so the vibrations in dualshock 4 uh really got me through middle school and high school hey yo with you (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. I feel like it would be rude for us to not say something about the game controller. That C stick for me is just the pinnacle for it. It's just so good in Smash. But that's like the um, only game I feel like the GameCube controller is superior. I agree. I agree. But if you had to pair any game to any controller, I know that's not the answer, 
But that C stick just does it for me. That's fair. But yeah, I mean, you need that octagonal gate. Yeah, for Smash, you really do. Are you a Smash or a is it jab? Gosh, I'm forgetting the term for your C stick. I'm using tilt. Tilt. Like, Are you a Smash or Tilt fan for the C stick? Oh, I I'm using Smash. I've never been known. I don't even know what Tilt is. If I had to be completely, that's like honest. just your jab. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I am. I'm full on. If I'm playing King DDD, I'm putting that hammer down. <laughs> that, does that like you flick the C stick and you do the charge attack in that direction? Yeah, that's the smash attack. Yeah. Or you yeah, can. Yeah, it's jab. it's such a dirty move, but I f-ing love that. Yeah, if you're casual. Hey, <laughs> Drew, do you? I know you <laughs> also be got, casual over here, man. <laughs> Drew, I know you also got into a lot of smash back when you went to the office. Did Were you a tilt stick or a smash stick type of guy? Oh, I, I still do Smash. I played Smash today during break um, with the guys I used to work with. But I have made the leap to the tilt stick. Guys, I, you once you go tilt stick, you don't go back. It's true. Did you guys ever have any, like, bootleg controllers growing up? Because I, I had, like, a controller get run over by a vacuum or something from my mom. And she, instead of buying me a PlayStation 2 controller, went out and bought, like, a cheap, the like, Mad infrared Cats? controller. I don't know what the brand was, but I can tell you it was not very good because it was it was an infrared like, remote controller. So it literally, if something got in the way of your controller and the PlayStation, the little adapter that you plugged into the PlayStation, it would disconnect. Yeah, I had some Mad Cat GameCube controllers. Honestly, the mini one still got some, some solid nostalgia for the Mad Cat mini for GameCube. Until recently, I feel like we've started getting some really great third-party controllers recently. But until that boom started, I thought that was kind of the pinnacle of the third-party controller. Yeah, I, I get third-party like joy cons and all that because the market price for an authentic or official joy con is it's absurd it's like 80 bucks it's more expensive than the game yeah and wow. they're not very good in the drift and everything buy one for 40 it lasts just as long yeah i bought a i bought a third party uh like pro controller for the switch and it's fine i don't regret not getting the real deal i think you can cheaper i think you can use any bluetooth controller on the switch isn't that correct I read that could be mistaken. I don't know if it's any, but I know you can definitely use a wide variety of like the, the third party controllers. There's a ton of them that just Bluetooth up. So like I talked about the 8-bit do like Super Nintendo controller with all like that. They modded up to be a, a pro controller and you can run that. And, it you know, I don't know if vibration is that good. But other than that, like it's got everything all the way down to the gyro. Is that going to be your favorite controller? No. So uh, I'm glad Lucian talked about the GameCube controller because that was a very, very serious contender. Um, I do love the Xbox 360 controller. I'm sitting here at this point. I'm torn between the PS5 controller, man, is so good. I, I can't believe I've ever used another controller with the exception of just the Super Nintendo controller. If I'm pl- if I'm playing a 2D game, I want to be playing a Super Nintendo controller. It is just I love the feel of the Super Nintendo controller in my hand. It's definitely my favorite unless I'm trying to play a th- a 3d game because i've played 3d games with the 8-bit do super nintendo controller and it gets tedious so if i'm playing 3d it's it's the new ps5 controller no question that thing when i heard all the reviews about it and people talking about how immersive the controller was i thought it was the dumbest thing i'd ever heard and then i played five minutes of ps5 and i was like this controller is so insanely immersive make a note of that it's coming back up later when we actually get to the Desert Island games. But I just got so much nostalgia for playing on that Super Nintendo controller. I love me some Super Nintendo. So gun to my head, I'll take a PS5 controller. But it's got to be loaded and you got to be willing to pull the trigger for me to actually pick. Did they patent that technology? Because I was surprised or I am surprised that Xbox has not made like an interactive controller like that. I have no idea. They must have, though. Although 
I don't know. Xbox seems like they are reaching Nintendo levels of just making weird decisions. Who knows? I mean, these are the guys that thought a Connect was a good idea. I'm surprised they didn't try to do something <laughs> dumb with their controller. Yeah, that died very quickly. The whole what was it? Their whole advertisement was like one entertainment box for the Xbox One, and then their their sales plummeted. It's almost like gamers want a gaming console. Who would who would have thunk? No, I, I that, do think they're a little ahead of their their time, though. I think like actually the the concept they were going for would play a lot better today than it did back then. But back then, I think they were a little ahead of their time. Yeah, I honestly I thought it was the the coolest thing I'd ever heard. I remember watching like the the E three reveal. Was it E three? Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, I remember watching that in the uh, in college, like in the uh, gosh in the cafeteria, and I was like, this is so cool. You can just like, I don't need anything else. I can just run everything through my Xbox. And then like it got done and everyone was like, that's stupid. I was like, oh, no, nobody else likes this. I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Drew was the only person I knew that like ran his cable through his Xbox one. Or you had something that ran so you could watch like Tigers games and then you put it up on the Xbox and everything. Yeah, you could hook a dish uh, like an antenna through there. Nowadays, a lot of TVs just have that port for you. You can just plug it directly in there, but. At the time, I didn't have that, so I just plugged it in through. Oh, no. Actually, the reason why I did that is because Xbox One had a uh, interface that you could use to like watch TV through the Xbox and use your like controller to flip through TV stuff. And actually, it was kind of nice. Yeah, it looked awesome. I thought that was so cool. I was all about it. But maybe we're just too advanced for the rest of the world, Drew. True. I guess. You know, when you think about it, their, their idea was kind of like... Steam, right? Like they, they, their operating model was basically the same as Steam. Everything's digital. You just amass a library on there and you can play whatever you want. And then they can do a bunch of other entertainment stuff for you, TV, whatever else. I mean, I, I just think they were a little ahead of their time. People at the time were not looking for that. They were they were looking for a console. Yeah, well, it's kind of like PlayStation made sure that people knew that, too. Yeah, it's kind of like the Google Glass, which was, you know, way ahead of its time. Remember when it first announced, I was like, oh, no, you can't have a camera on everything. And now everyone's like, yes, please give me these. uh Ray bands with secret cameras on there that can record opponents' football plays and everything. Oh, who would do that? I don't know. Some some maverick or something. That that team. Yeah, be definitely sick. unaffiliated with any any uh, actual team. Just going rogue for sure. I heard there was a regional uh, college at in Michigan that uh, had someone on their sidelines cheating. Yeah, totally yeah probably state. Probably state. I don't know sure. which one for sure. Allegedly, but probably state. Yeah, they had a dominant season. That's for sure. So as Mike alluded to earlier, the topic this week is top three games you'd want if you're stranded on a desert island. And what we mean by that is you have whatever game console or system is required for them and you have access to the Internet so you can you can play along with people online, but you cannot party up. You cannot join with friends. You're playing with a bunch of randoms. And if you do have an online game, it does have the threat of shutting down. So I'll start us off with my number three, and that is the 2010 4X strategy game Civilization V. Ooh, nice pick. Nice. Yeah. It's a solid pick. And I, I will say this is hard for me. At first, I thought it would be difficult to even come up with three. So I'm like, oh, well, we'll get a guess on and everything. And now I was like struggling. I'm like, I don't know which one I want my number three to be. But if you've played Civ, it's a turn-based strategy game. It's uh, very in-depth and it has a lot of replayability, which I think for me is one of the main things on a desert island. Like you're you're stuck there. There's not much to do. I, I mean, I can I'll go and try to, to hunt and all that once a day and, you know, I'll fail at it. But I can come back and then I can, you know, at least have a plan my world domination through a virtual video game. And what's great about the civilization games is I feel like most strategy games you win by just military force. But there's, I think, five or six different victory options in Sims. You can win by a culture victory, a technology victory, a religious victory. And it's just very fun. And 
there's some mods for it, which would be great f- for the game and kind of spicing it up. I, I think there's still a decent player base online, although I usually just play marathon mode on a huge earth. And it's like the, the one map I play. So maybe on a desert island, I'd play different maps. But that is my number three. Can you nuke people in Civ Five? Yes. Only had, only, okay. Yeah, Gandhi yeah, yeah. is uh, memed for nuking people. He's like, I, I want peace until I get nukes, and then I'll just nuke the whole world. <laughs> That's one way to achieve peace. It's kind of the uh, Thanos strategy. Yeah, for sure. Have you guys played Civilization before? Any of the, the games? I have not. I, it seems like a game I would like, so I'm not sure why I haven't really played it. Yeah, cause we, we've played a little bit, right, with Ian? Drew, you were there? I, I don't I don't know if I was there for that. Okay. I played Civ Six. I've never played Civ Five, but I think I've put in about a hundred hours in Civ Six. Mm-hmm. You like it? Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. I think one of my favorite things to do is pretend to be friends with somebody and then just nuke them. It is like it brings me so much joy to have like this diplomacy and we're and doing a, everything you're right. A warmonger. And then a straight warmonger. And then everybody disowns you like straight up back to back to back to back. And by that time, you already have everything. You already you have got nukes. the nukes. What are they gonna yeah, do? yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of my favorite things. I've never understood the religion part of it. Do I just make everybody? Yeah. So you're, you're you're trying to convert all to like basically have a world religion. And I remember one of the things we would do. Me and my high school friends, we would create the first person to create this religion. We would call it Brandalism. And we would just let them populate all of our, or convert all of our cities and all that. So there's a, a deep cut for the six people in the world that will get that joke. Drew's one of them. Though, so yep. Yep. <laughs> there you go. How do you like, are there anti, can you, are there just other religions that come in and you just beef in with other religions? Yeah. So I think there, there's a set amount of religions and they're all based off of world religions, but you can change the name and the symbol. So it's, it's kind of a first come first serve. So if you want to, you know, be take over the catholic church you have to be the first one to do that or there's like protestant mm-hmm. muslim buddhist no no scientology yet i'm waiting for that update yeah but. i was thinking the spaghetti monster religion rastafari pastafarianism sorry Rastafari. yeah i was like rastafari i no, think that's way off. it's that bob marley <laughs> movie you know it's throwing me for a loop <laughs> yeah. drew what is your number three all right my number three is slay the spire you guys familiar with this game? Ooh, I am. I've seen All it on right. Steam, but that's about it. Okay, good. It's 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 a fairly popular game, so I don't think it'll be super niche, unlike maybe the second one on my list. But yeah, according to Steam, I have 318 hours on it, so clearly it's a game I enjoy playing. That's <laughs> not too bad. The other games on my list are going to be a little higher than that, but if you're not familiar with Slay the Spire, it's essentially a deck-building roguelike. So the idea is you are trying to reach an objective, and if you if you die, then the game's over. you got to start over again. And on your way to the objective, you're building up a deck, and the deck is what you're using to fight things to get along. That's kind of it in a nutshell. But it's a lot of fun, and there are mods for it as well, too. So if you get tired of playing the main game, you can go do those. But the game is game has like 20, what I would uh, call them to be uh, prestige modes, I guess, is what you would, uh, probably the analogy you guys would understand, where when you beat the game, the full, the full game, the full run, you can go do it again, but harder. And every time you do it, it adds another difficulty layer to it, up to level 20. So by the time you're on Ascension 20 is what it's called, the game is like absolutely ridiculous. It's like almost pure luck. There, There is a lot of strategy involved, but uh, you need to have a lot of luck to beat Ascension 20. I've not gotten there. I think I'm not like a masochist. I've probably only gotten to like Ascension 5. But if I was on a desert island, yeah, I'd probably make a run for 20. Is it like a new game plus where you keep all your, your stuff or is it a fresh thing, fresh start? 
No, it's so this is a roguelike. So every time you lose the game or start a new game, you're starting completely fresh. So you always start the game with the same deck and then you build up over time. But there are four starting different starting decks that you can choose from. And then each of those characters that have the starting decks, they get different cards. So they they have different like synergies that you'll pick up on in the game, different things they're good at. I suck at that game. I've rage quit (laughs) a handful of times. I will say, though, watching people speed run that game is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. It is nuts. They're clicking on things before they even see it coming. It is a I recommend to look up speed running in that game. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it is a hard game. I think any roguelike is like I haven't played Hades, but I've heard that's, you know, it's fairly difficult. It kind of has to be. Otherwise, it would, you know, it wouldn't be very fun because there wouldn't be anything punishing you for losing. But it is a pretty difficult game. So I can see where rage quitting would happen. I have a buddy, though, who's like very, very good at it. I don't know if he's made it all the way to Ascension 20 or not, but he has gotten I think he has actually, which there are that many people who've done that. So this guy's insane at the game. Mike, what's your number three? Man, I am in the same boat as Rob, where this is just almost impossibly difficult to pick my number three. My number one and my number two are easy, but all right. For number three, I'm going to go with Dishonored Definitive Edition, released for the PS4, played on the PS5. I got Dishonored when I was like 19, 20 for, uh, I think I got the Game of the Year edition, so it came with all the DLC, and... I think I got it when I was, yeah, I was 18 or 20 for the Xbox 360. And I played it a little bit and I was like, eh, it's all right. And I set it down and it came back and I played it a little bit. And I was like, eh, it's still just all right. And then that third time I came back and like I'd learned just enough of the first couple levels. I was able to kind of breeze through it. And then there was something about like coming back and pl- replaying these levels where a lot of it's starting in the same place, but. The decisions you made have kind of changed it, and the different time of day has kind of changed it. It just really captured me. That was the first time I'd encountered really any type of like of uh, simulation kind of style game. Like I'd been playing zombies and Smash pretty much. Like I was like I wasn't doing a lot of complicated games, and it just it captured me. And I played over and over and over and over. And I'm like, I, I totally fell in love with it. I must have beat that game 7, 8, 20. I don't know. I, I beat that game over and over and over. And sometimes I would just play it the same basic way I'd always play it. And other times, you know, you give yourself modifiers like, hey, if I get seen, I'm not just going to restart. Like most people, you know, you'll get spotted. You're like, ah. And then just, you know, you quick save. I was like, no, I'm going to deal with the consequences of being seen. And you can do your... You know, your 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 pacifist runs, your kill everybody runs. It's just it's it's so much fun. Yeah, I absolutely fell in love with it. And when I replayed it on the PS5, I was when like just oh I play and this was maybe a year or two ago that I, I got it and played it on the PS5. And I was still discovering new tricks and new ways to infiltrate different areas. And yeah, just I was blown away by it. And when you when you use the magic system in the game and the the, the rune on your hand glows and you hear the outsider whisper to you, it comes through the microphone on the PS5 controller. And it really feels like you're hearing the outsider through your hand. Uh, Now that I've gushed about this game for like five minutes, Dishonored is a Bethesda stealth based game uh, set in a steampunk dystopia. Oh yes. Arcane studios is the, the company that made it. And then I guess it was published through Bethesda and it's got, it's got a really cool art style, more themed after like an actual type of painting. Um, So similar to the way that wind waker is timeless or the way that I suspect Breath of the Wild is going to be timeless because of its, you know, more 
artistic rendering. Dishonored still looks great today, even though it's not super realistic. Yeah, it's a stealth game where you get to make your choices. And the more people you kill, the more this plague that is ravaging the land, the, the more the effects of that take place. So there's more people who are sick and roaming the streets. There's more uh, swarms of rats that are higher guard percentages. And the more stealth you go with, the less... So, like, being stealthy makes it then easier to be stealthy as you go. And every mission takes place in a set, you know, level. But a lot of places, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of places will come back. And you'll be able to see them again. And you'll be able to play them in a new manner. And so you start to learn your favorite paths through the city, which is really fun. And you always have a target. And the nice thing is you don't have to assassinate your target. There's always a non-lethal option. But the fun twist, at least for me, on a moral perspective, is a lot of the non-lethal options, I'd I'd take a blade to the, the neck over most of them in a heartbeat. Like, you're not killing these people. Like, there's one level early on where you're supposed to go assassinate a pair of twins. And the alternative is you can get one of the gang members to cut out their tongues, shave their heads, and send them to their own minds to work as slaves for the rest of their lives. And I was just like, "Mm, I'd much rather be stabbed by an assassin. That sounds highly preferable to me. But I got to get that no kill ending. So off to the mines you go, boys. And it just like it really makes you kind of think about some of your choices. It's it's a ton of fun. The gameplay is great. The environment's next level. It's so immersive. And even 10 years later, I'm still playing it, having a blast and finding new like they're not even secrets. It's just it's it's so immersive. It's called it's an immersive sim. That's the genre. And so it really is just like there's a lot of things where you're like, oh, I could try this. And that option is is totally valid. Yeah, I love Dishonored, man. All, all the Dishonored games are great. I think they do an excellent job with level design. But I also yes. think that, that Dishonored has my favorite traversal mechanic of any game I've played. And I, I wish it was in just every game. Blink? Any, any first person. Should, yeah, Blink is so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, and that's and they brought it, the, the entire mechanic to um, Deathloop, which is a completely separate game, but made by the same people. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> please. Thank you. It's, it's so good. Real quick. I wanted to say games like that, especially like like Hitman or Dishonored, my fight or flight response starts to get triggered. And then I just start murdering things. And if I had a ch- like a chance to take my clothes off in the game, I would because of how stressed off I get. I, I cannot play those games. I love those games. And I want to shout out to Dishonored because it is fun. And I did finish it and I did murder those twins. Good man. Yeah. You got I mean, compassion. Yeah, I mean, I love children. But justice. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of just is what it is. But if you yes. ever want to have your bloodlust sated, go on YouTube and watch like Dishonored combat montages. And they're they're actually really cool. Lou, what's your number three? My number three is Monster Hunter World. I was trying to think of games. This is hard. This is a very hard list for me because I could easily do like 10 games. And it bothered me that I didn't even think about roguelike games. But I'm not going to switch my list because I'm a responsible adult. And I've already spent time and wrote words down so that I don't go e uh, uh all the time. My number three is Monster Hunter World. It has about 38 hours of gameplay in the storyline and about 400 uh, hours to complete 100% completion. And I think if I'm on an island, I think I have all the time in the world and I need some something to play for a long time. And Monster Hunter World seems to be the things that hit my list. If you don't know Monster Hunter World, I mean, it's in the name. You're hunting monsters in a world. 
Very oh, simple. Man. I know. It's very, very simple. It has 13 weapons, and so I feel like I would just get good at all 13 weapons. What's your main? And I could play. You My main is a hammer. I'm lo- I love just bonking people in the head. If there's a hammer, if there's a big hammer in the game, I'm going to pick that. Is that why did you it. chose a cleric in D&D with a hammer? I, I am pro hammer on almost everything. I, I did a, the hammer in Bloodborne. I like King DDD and, and Smash Bros. What else has a hammer? Bob probably the Builder. Bob the Builder. If there was a game. Oh, I'm sure there is. Sure there is. Yeah. Probably is. Yeah. Maybe I should Mario. Mario. Kirby also has a hammer. Mario versus Donkey Kirby, Kong. Kirby also has a hammer, but. It's not I, as big. It's not as big. And I'm a big hammer guy. I yeah. don't know how big your hammer is. <laughs> But mine's a little bigger. When I think of Desert Island, I think of was it Castaway? Yeah. With the Yeah. Yep. And I think of Wilson and the importance of Wilson. And I think of what game would be my Wilson? What game would I just like put my blood on? And I think this is one of them. I think so. Jacob's gonna hate me, but I've never seen Castaways. Oh, that's oh. pretty good one. Honestly, I haven't seen it since pre eighth grade. So first came out. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Very nice. Yeah, I'm just saying I'd be down to do a castaway watch sometime because it has been a minute. Also, Monster Hunter World by far has one of the best cutscenes of all time, because when you hunt the monster and you take its meat, you give it to Chef Cat. There's like a whole cats that are chefs and they make the they cook the meat for you. And I think by far it's one of the best cutscenes. So I think I need a little bit of serotonin and that would definitely boost me up a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I need to. I need to roll this back for a minute. Did you say Robin Williams in Castaway, or am I just going crazy? Mm, I might have. I yeah, thought, I don't. Possible. I missed it. If you did, yeah, I, I could be going crazy. It's Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, I think Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that said, I would watch Robin Williams in Castaway. It's so chaotic. It's been days out of the week. I would. I like that. I'd, I would love that movie. It would have been such a better movie. It would have been hands down a better movie. Ooh, Wilson, you, you don't like Castaway? Or are you just saying it would be that much better? I think it would just be that much better. Yeah. I, I personally believe that Robin Williams would try to have sex with Wilson. Oh, my God. I think that would be the, the, the funniest I, difference. I think he'd probably get there. I, I don't know that it's even... I don't know that better's right. I think it's like comparing orange juice to Play-Doh. Like, well, one you would eat. <laughs> yeah, they're both <laughs> they're, good. The other one's like, orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> if you were on the table and there was orange juice and Play-Doh, what would you pick up? I mean, the make, orange juice. Make, but make, make like, a make a out of the Play-Doh. If, if I was bored, I'd have more fun with Play-Doh than I would with orange juice. Would you, though? I don't I know mean, about one. pretty bad. Okay, fine. It's like comparing chess to orange juice. Ah, uh, yeah, who no one wants to play chess? <laughs> I wouldn't say no one. I mean, there's a whole international sport based around it. So it is the I, say, well, I don't know sports. There's a lot of Indian and Asian people who completely disagree with you. It's it's a international competition. I wouldn't call chess a sport. I it agree. A lot of calories. I, yeah, uh, some sweating, huh? Oh. From shaking, I had a, shaking my leg, anticipating my next downfall. It, it, you burn calories thinking, Robert. Good lord. That's not what my body says. Oh. <laughs> You said that, and I just like I Kevin. I can't I can't decide between a fat joke and a stupid joke. Boom, roasted. Oh, sorry. Nobody here watches The Office. The fans I, loved that. Trust me. I watched. Um, it. Oh, yeah. It's a good episode. It's better oh, without. Wait, it's, nice. it's better without Steve Carell. Well, now that's a hot take. It is. It is Actually, I, I don't know. Season eight was better. Season nine, the three episodes I watched so far, no bueno. I got to be honest. Eight really was like better. Yeah. Season what is wrong with you? Yep. I'm saying I I hate Michael Scott. You don't actually have to answer this question, but who hurts you? 
Do, do you want me to That's go in alphabetical or chronological? <laughs> no. I just told you, you don't actually have to answer the question. <laughs> We're all about honesty here on the top podcast. So let's bring it back a few decades. <laughs> See, R- Lou, Rob is willing to discuss his trauma. Why can't we ask our listeners to discuss their marriage? Oh, what was I knew you were going to say something. What was the problem again? Oh, we're talking about sleeping on a couch. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess Drew, Drew, Drew. Have you have, have you ever, ever had to sleep on a couch? Have, have you ever heard of anyone actually having to sleep on the couch? Because we're not sure if it's just a Hollywood thing or an actual thing. You mean like in a in a, a in marital a spat? Yeah. So, so I, I don't wife. know about you guys, but like, uh, if if my wife said, you know what, I'm angry at you. You need to you need to sleep on the couch or leave. I'd be like, no. <laughs> like I'm sleeping in this bed. My, man, See, that 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 was my number two last week. It's it's like when guys get sent to the couch. I'm like, why? What it's do you like mean? It's like kicked out of the house. I'm like, what do you mean? You're not gonna kick me out of my own house. Yeah. How strong or like? Does your wife have a gun? Is she five times stronger than you? How how how? how? I don't know. His wife's seen some things, and you know, whew. hey, I've seen Ooh. some things. Mm. I, I, I think your wife. I think your wife has you beat there, Drew. Unless I mean, I was with you. Her. When the event you're thinking of took place. Was I thought it was just her. No, no, I work from home. Unless you come home and the locks are already changed, there's no reason you should be locked out of your house. Drew does have a comfy couch, though. I've slept on it multiple times. It is a good couch, so if I had to do it, I wouldn't be upset. But, I mean, I'm going to sleep in my bed. We've had this conversation, Kenzie and I, and she just assumed that I would I would take whatever order. I was like, I'm not going to do that. She's like, what do you mean you're not going to do that? I'm like, I, my bed? I don't know. <laughs> She was surprised at what you, the answer that you were going to say. She's like, yeah, I just got a whip, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like after three kids, you you stop caring enough to be whipped, you know? I don't know. Like, yeah, you know, like, man, I, I'm tired. I hard work uh, making those kids. It does. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised we didn't talk about your stroke game, but whatever. It is Maybe strong. Next time. It's definitely stronger than his pull game. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Back. <laughs> Sorry. I was able to, I was able to <laughs> restrain from making that joke once, but you, you set me up twice. Yeah. <laughs> was the cringiest Whoa. joke I've ever made. Drew's figured out the soundboard. Oh, no. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, why do I hear my own voice? <laughs> my mouth's going soundboard. So my number two, I'll be surprised if this is on anyone else's list, but it's the 2011 hit Terraria. You guys have... Uh, very nice. I'm sorry, what, Lou? Is it the dinosaur game? No, that's a uh, Ark or oh. Torak. Is it Torak? I know you're talking about. Yeah, it's kind of like um, it's like sorry. a t- it's like a two D Minecraft, yeah. and in my opinion, yeah. it's that it has a lot more depth than Minecraft. So that's the one reason why I chose over that. Although it's two D, I, I think it has more of a sense of adventure than than Minecraft, which is crazy to say. But it also there's a lot more upgrades and progression you can get like minecraft once you hit diamond that's basically it there's the what's the well it's not new anymore but there's that other like next step up but there's not netherite netherite but there's not too much progression and i like seeing my character progress so you can start out you're fighting with like yo-yos and flails but by the end you have like these laser guns and you're flying around on jetpacks shooting these giant skeleton walls or the eye of cthulhu and all that and it also has some online people play online so i could join random worlds and build there but I think out of all the nearly endless worlds, it's not an infinite world like Minecraft, but there's so many different seeds and all that where it, it's basically endless. And one thing I like about Terraria is you can take a character, say I started this one world and I want to start a new one. I could take that character from that first world and play with him in the second world. So there, there's some nice carryover mm. or you could just completely restart. There's also like NPCs and traders. And I just for me, it's a lot more enjoyable than Minecraft, even though I have put more hours into Minecraft. 
But Stranded on Desert Island, I, I think there, it's a lot, it's more complex. And I think that will satiate my, my brain a little longer and has more replayability, in my opinion. So that's why I picked Terraria. You, I know you tried to get me to play hours. that game once upon a time. I just never got into yeah, it. We, yeah, yeah we, me and my friend split the cost of Terraria to buy for Drew. I think he played once. And then that was it. He's just like, nah, this isn't <laughs> same. Fun. I think that was like my it's my fourth or fifth most played game on Steam. So and all my games okay. just kind of happened to be on PC. Well, my number one, I played on two systems, but PC for all of them. So I'll just say that and clarify it. But makes it older day three. Nope, <clears throat> it is not. Oh, really? Nope. I, yeah. I, I think maybe in five years, once a certain thing gets flushed out, I think it has a lot of potential that it could be my number one. But my number one right now. It's hands down. I'll talk about it. Number one. And I think it's just yeah, number absolutely. one potentially. So I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Lou, you said you played it a little bit or was that? No, I said you put in 106 hours. I'm going through your Steam account right now. Dude, your number one game you played is The Sims. Yeah. Well, also one of my games, like I said, I played on multiple systems. So not all the hours carry over and it's like split. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely an honorable mention for The Sims. But I, I go through fa- it's like Minecraft for me. Minecraft, I go through phases and I like to, you know, I'll play it for two weeks pretty heavily and then I'll just stop for six months. And that's not something I want on Desert Island. You can only play. Mo- we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, I I also played Terraria once and then just never came back. But it was definitely a this is on my laptop and the screen is small and the text is small. I can't read this. This is stupid. I quit. And I would, so. I would learn like, you know, proper interior decorating and all that. Like I played with uh, Nate. I think most I think you've all met Nate. I don't know. Mike definitely has the most interactions with him. But like I play Terraria with him. My man can interior decorate. So I, I just think <laughs> that's a nice thing about building that I don't really do, like building games like Minecraft and Terraria. So I would definitely like hone my skills there and try to make it look presentable and everything. Man, we should definitely at some point have a, a top pod Minecraft server. Dude, once we start I... making money. With that hey, who knows? Maybe, uh, m- maybe that's just something we do. Maybe, you, maybe it costs a buck, and you can come play on our Minecraft server. There we go. We got we'll set up there. a Patreon. Uh, maybe, I can uh, get a mic. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. No Minecraft yeah. server first. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, a Minecraft server is pretty inexpensive. We get three people to play with us. We've basically covered the cost of our Minecraft server. That's fair. Yeah. You know. Drew, what's your number two? My number two game I would I would play on a desert island is online chess. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that. Um, I, dude, I, I would have, I would have so believed hard. you. I was uh, about to get yeah. so excited. I didn't even think of that. I was gonna get bricked up. <laughs> I mean, I would can play I that with you to the. <laughs> Sorry, but you can make the, you can make a physical edition of that if you want on the island. Sure, you got time. Um, well, yeah, but yeah, no one to play it with yet. Well, you know, you can be like the old uh, man in the the Pixar short. You know, it's it's kind of like when you play Yu Gi Oh as a friend when you haven't uh, as a kid when you have no friends. You you sure. just play both sides. Two, you know, two decks. Yeah, yeah. I I know about not having friends, but I don't oh, know a lot about Yu Gi Oh. So. Also, I meant to put this in my intro. I don't know why it slipped my mind. Probably because I did this like thirty minutes before the pod. But Drew was one of the the four people in sophomore year for lunch. We had our own little table where we just play Yu-Gi-Oh! And we were 100% like the nerd outcast group. So half of our table would be us playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And the other half would cycle between different couples that just come and sit on as close to the wall as possible when we were just laying down our trap cards and magic cards and getting an almost, almost uh, 
We almost got Yu-Gi-Oh banned because it had spell casting in it. Man, Christian schools are weird. Ah, those were the days. That's right. We had uh, well, there were magic cards, and what they, and what they didn't realize is that they later updated the uh, title of magic cards to be spell cards. I guess that's different somehow. <laughs> Let us make those. But uh, my, so my number two, I, I I'm going to pull an Audible here because my number two was originally going to be Modern Warfare Two, but I didn't think about the online component. The servers for that aren't going to last that long, so I don't think that would be a good idea. No, my number two, I think, is probably the game that I've actually put the most hours into i don't i can't quantify it but i'm willing to bet that this is the one i I put the most hours into and that game is super smash brothers the ultimate Mm -hmm. for the nintendo switch and this game uh is not i I never played any of the smash games ever growing up i didn't own any nintendo consoles but when i started working in a physical office in 2019 with a group of guys there that like to play that uh during our free time we'd usually take like 30 minute breaks at some point during the day and we had a little TV in the corner. We'd go play Smash. And I, I, I picked it up over time. Like, yeah, this game's pretty fun. Uh, I'm getting absolutely dunked on by everyone here. They're much better than me, but I'll figure it out. And I, I probably played that game at least once a day in the office, uh, five days a week, you know, for maybe 30 minutes at a time. Sometimes at two, two breaks, so like, you know, an hour of Smash a day at the office. And then after we went remote, we just took that whole party online and we would take our breaks at the same time and play them online. And then everyone quit uh, and went to different companies. But we still we still have the Smash group together. Uh, So even today I was on, I think, three times, I think, over lunch and then two breaks. I took my break and I went and played Smash Bros with the guys. And so I I probably played I probably play Smash Bros at most an hour and a half a day a week, pretty much. The whole year. So if you add, if you do the math over the course of like five years, you can you can figure out how much that is. I I should have put some prep into this, but since I'm pulling Audible, I didn't. But that's a lot of hours, and I really like the the game like mechanically. I think it is probably one of the most balanced competitive games that I have played personally. I think that's maybe a hot take. I think some people will say, but Steve, Plus. but I think that uh, the, the the game design is just so good. Actually, the guy who created the game, he has a whole game design podcast or like YouTube channel or something like that. Or he goes and talks about his design philosophy and how he uh, makes games. I've yet to watch it, but I've heard it's very good. And it is it is a very well-made game in that regard. But I know that I would like it on a desert island enough to play a long time because I've put so much time into it. While it is a lot more fun to play with friends, I have played online every so often. And it's, it's still pretty fun online uh, if you get good enough. So you have to get to a good enough, I guess, player score to play like competitive games. If you're not that good, then you'll get into arenas where it's like all items on Super Smash stuff. And like, I guess if that's your thing, then that's fun. But like, you know, the y- your skill doesn't really determine the out- outcome of the game as much as it does when you're not doing items or anything like that. I will plug this. There's the, this online community called Smash Ladder. And it's just people that want more serious and more people that play against people that are better at the game. So if you ever want to learn, people in there are very friendly. I went in there and when I was that's when Lucian was saying thinking I was grinding every day, but not really. Just uh, it's a good platform for online. If you guys wanted to go check that out, if you want to get better at Smash. I assume you guys play Smash. It sounds like uh, who's your mains? I'm a I'm a peach main. I like float canceling. We got Lou, Shetty's DDD. I am in DDD. I hate it. I hate playing you with Peach. It was such like uh, a, it's so bad. Well, well, because at the time I was like this like young twenty year old, and I still thought like pink was like girly. And then he comes back from college, and he's maining Peach. Just like, <laughs> what's going on here? But I've I've gotten over it. I played black dress Peach. Please, black dress or gold or gold Peach are my uh, my favorites. Emo girl, girl Peach, yeah. solid choice. I'm about it. <clears throat> Bowsette skin, you know. Mike, how about you? Who do you mean? Uh, to be fair, I think it would be an insult to all of Smash to say that I main anyone. By a mile, I am the filthiest casual here. But 
Uh, if we're playing ultimate, I'd probably go Young Link. If we're going melee, I'd go Roy, and any serious competitor would beat me even worse. <laughs> Roy but is mechanically among, broken in the game. Yeah, amongst yeah. casuals, I am a beast, or I was, because uh, we pl- just like everybody else, we played a lot of Smash in college. But we played melee in college. It came down to me and this other dude, Steve. Screw Steve. And he, oh, who did he do main? We, I like think Steve? he mained Mario. I like Steve well enough. He was a good dude. Never mind. Um, So it was me and Julian. And then right next to us was a three man dorm. It was the same size, but they just they were all friends and they wanted to all live together. So they they triple bunked it. And they they were really into Call of Duty at the beginning of the year. And and so there were, (laughs) you know, I don't don't know what happened behind those doors. They're really Um, into smashing. Yeah. But, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> because they were like i think they wanted to get into like making call of duty videos and stuff and so we called them the tryhards t-r-i hards uh, because there were three of them and they mm. and we were also kind of making fun of them but it was all in like good fun like we all everybody understood like hey we don't actually we're all also playing a ridiculous amount of video games there's no actual shade here what was dylan um, in that group so Dylan actually, uh, he was on the floor above us. Okay. And he came down. For, he actually transferred down for the the second semester to live with Ryan. And uh, oh, there was a sophomore. I don't remember his name, but he was a really nice guy. And the three of them ended up triple bunking as well. Dude, those dorms um, were so small, though. Dude, they were tiny. It, it was way too tight for two people. I don't know. The only way triple bunking made sense to me. They're sharing um, There was... Yeah, there was actually a size. There was there was a group of five. There was a group of five guys. And what they did was, uh, yes, they're very successful now. What they did was it was a double, a double. And then one guy got a single. And so they they moved all the beds and they had all five beds set up in one room. Curtains drawn. That was it. It was for sleeping and storing your clothes. And then they had a hangout room and then the single, they just had desks. And so it was like you study, you hang out and then you all bunk. And that was that was the move, man. Those guys were brilliant. Point being, Steve and I were the best of the casuals at Melee. And we like we built up this battle of Roy versus Mario for a long time. And when it finally happened, I had one of those transcendent days and I just kicked his ass. Lou, did you guys you you also went to a Christian college do you guys have like that sense of community because whenever i hear like people talk especially that that hall like that's that's what always made me want to go to spring arbor is that sense of community i don't did you guys have yeah. that at your your college that's kind of the reason why i went to concordia because i wanted a kind of a spring arbor feel but able to play football but i wasn't lutheran and i was on the football team and the football team the year before broke into people's dorm rooms and stole their xboxes Whoa. so the white people Whoa. there were a little iffy with me my first year Oh. Um, but then I kind of like weaseled my way in and I said, by golly, gee, Willikers a couple times. And they all loved me. <laughs> you ate some mayo, you know? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did all the good stuff. I was like, I'm one of the good ones. And I, I had a little bit of community. Drew, did you guys have a community at your it wasn't a community college, but it was like that where most I don't even think U of MD had dorms, right? Uh, they did have dorms, actually, oh, right wow. across the street. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, but it was primarily a commuter school. Most people commuted. That being said, I I did have a really good group of friends Be- because the class sizes. When I say class, I mean like your your group of people that are studying at the same stage as you and your degree. 
was relatively small. I had classes with mostly the same people. And so, yeah, there were, we had probably like five to 10 of us that uh, got to be pretty good friends. Uh, we did a lot of internships together. We ended up, a lot of us worked together, either in the internship or professionally. I still worked with uh, one of the guys I went to school with. Um, oh, that's super cool. Yeah, and we, we, we like would, would hold down a, a certain spot on campus uh, to just like throughout the day, people would come in there and study and whatever. And then also I was a part of university there. So there was an, another group of friends I had there from, from that as well. By the way, I did some quick math here. Uh, one and a half hours a day, five days a week for five years is approximately 2000 hours. So that's Chump that's probably a, like a, a tad more than than Modern Warfare 2 or what's going to be my top game. But in the same league, I would say. Mike, what's your number two? My number two is a game I talk about all the time. It's Hollow Knight. I'm trying to think of what more we can say about this game that I haven't already said. Just to do the obligatory, it's a Metroidvania. You play as a cute little knight figure who both narrative, like through the, the way the game is set up and the natural desire of the gamer to play the game, you are inexplicably drawn into this world, which and just it's such a brilliant way the game is set up by the end of the game you realize that the character itself is inexplicably drawn to be doing these things but the game mechanically is so well built that you as the player are equally just drawn in and pulled in and just compelled to explore and delve deeper into the game it's just freaking brilliant i'd say it's almost on the level of creative genius as some of the things we were talking about with spider-verse the other week where the most meticulous nuts and bolts elements of the game still have narrative importance but yeah you you go and you you adventure through multiple world or multiple areas and you get upgrades that allow you to progress farther and it's one of the few metroidvanias where after you get the first couple upgrades and you know the the pseudo tutorial area is done you've kind of beaten the first skill check you can really go and collect the power-ups in whatever order you want, it will genuinely give you a different experience every time based on the order you go in. Now, there is a more natural order that most people will probably follow their first time, and that's fine. But it allows for an incredible amount of replayability to get the true ending, which is a classic staple of Metroidvanias. You got to put in, a, I, I, I would say, even as a returning player, if I haven't played for like a year, I'll put in a good 30 hours to get the, the final ending. It's a lot more if it's your first time playing, without a doubt, like I blow through a lot of bosses before I start dying repeatedly to bosses and I have to relearn them. I die to a lot more bosses early on my first time through. And then even after you've beaten the final boss, all the DLC is just included in free and it's just part of the game. So there's tons of great DLC you can play, including the God Seeker Trials, which is really I probably would have picked this game anyway, but it puts the Dunwall Trials to shame, in my opinion, for something that you can just sink hundreds of hours into learning to perfect your craft at a game. Because uh, once you unlock it, there are three area, there are three pantheons unlocked where you fight ten bosses consecutively, and after you've beat all ten of these pantheons, a fourth boss unlocks. And the other cool thing is, at the end of each pantheon, is a boss you've never fought before. And so there's something new and exciting there. And then once you beat all four of these pantheons, you unlock the final pantheon, the fifth pantheon, the pantheon of Hollow Nest, wherein you must beat every 
single boss that the game has to offer, most of them with increased difficulty or with stages that have increased hazard levels in a row without dying. It is one of the most coveted achievements I've seen in gaming. You can basically make a Twitch career out of this. You know, you you can just play and play and play and play. And the game has such a well-crafted movement in combat system that you constantly, if you devote yourself to it, constantly are feeling improvement and you're learning and you're getting better. And it's 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 something incredible to achieve that really it's I've never even like I have not yet attempted. I haven't even beat the fourth Pantheon, but a desert island would be the kind of thing I would need to really drive me to try and reach this peak. I freaking love Hollow Knight. It's one of my all-time favorite games, if not my favorite game. It's constantly fluctuating in and out of that top spot based on what I've played most recently. And yeah, it's it's a no-brainer. Shout out to that old lady that stole all my coin and then ran away with it, or whatever it's called. Not the coin. But uh, it's called Geo, but did you find her? I did find her. I whooped her. Oh, man, is that not oh, the best God. feeling ever? It is, because I didn't know it was her. Like I just ran into her. She stole all my stuff, and then I just like found her. I was like, "Oh, you bleep bleep bleep!" <laughs> Thank you for censoring yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Lou, what is your number two? All right. So all the talk about shooters made me wonder. Like, hmm, I wonder about the servers as well. But I'm gonna go for Overwatch Two. Really? Um, yeah, I am a big Overwatch fan. I I see a lot of hate for Overwatch, and I get it in a sense. I just got into Overwatch this past couple of years. I never really played Overwatched one, and I can tell that there are some decisions that the creators of Overwatch that people don't like, but I love the game. I, I played a lot of Call of Duty growing up, uh, Modern Warfare 2 and 3. I can't remember which one I played more of. I think I honestly played Modern Warfare 3 more. Um, but I am a huge fan. Of, I'm sorry. It's kind of this like the time of that happened. Yeah, I get you. I don't know. Big fan of online shooters. I played a lot of the new when COVID hit. I played so much Call of Duty. Me and my buddy. Oh, we talked about it in the pod. But yeah, he was on me and my the pod, buddy. Yeah. Like he was. Yeah. 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 Like episode played, two, though. For real. We played so much COD. Which uh, which one? The, the Modern Warfare 2019 or 2020. Yeah. I thought that we should preference when we say Modern Warfare 2, we meant the, the 2009 Modern Warfare 2. Less. Yeah, that wasn't obvious. <laughs> the good one. The good one. Oh, many, many tactical nukes were had in those times. By you. Drew Drew was our nuke guy. He was uh, definitely got the most out of our friend group. If you aren't running nukes, what are you doing? But also, I should preface, he was the one-man army noob tube camper guy as well. Correlation, correlation <laughs> may equal causation here. Depends on depends on the map. You know, I, I the first nuke I ever got was from a class who was de- which was designed around running around with a knife like that's that's literally what the class the crazy design was. yeah yeah the crazy knife class right so just a silenced ump throwing knife and Marathon just all the perks pro, that make you run fast and like pro. yeah exactly stab from way far i ran around favela and just stabbed my way to 25 kills now maybe half of them were a chopper gunner but you know <laughs> sorry lou go ahead with the overwatch no it's okay yeah if you never played overwatch it's a first person shooter the cool thing about it is that you're playing characters instead of just army guys so every there's 39 characters everybody has their own powers their own special things and then there's three types of three types of characters three like selections you have your your ink your damage dealer and your support i'm support all the way i love playing support i love I don't know. I've just I've always been a kind of a supportive guy. If there's a support and a hammer, I'm there. 
Yeah, I mostly main uh, Lucario or Lucario, not Lucario. I always want to call him Lucario. Lucio? I think it's Lucio. It's close to Lucian. So that's why I picked him first. Because he likes the raw, he, he's a raw runner. And he has this like speaker that can blow people right off the map. And I think it's hilarious to just boot people off the map. I think it's super fun. Do you get angry and like yell a lot with Overwatch? No, I don't. I no, I don't think so. My only experience with Overwatch was my my buddy's roommate would play it a lot, and whenever I was over at his his dorm, he'd just be shouting the whole time. So I will say though, I've never had my feelings hurt playing online game until I played Overwatch two at like three in the morning, Dang. and this guy ruined me. I had to like delete the game from my oh, from my oh. computer for a little bit. It, he was he just knew I'm I'm a hardcore people pleaser and I want to do well. He was like, hey, you were worthless to the team. You need to apologize to every single person on this team individually because you made our team so bad. And that, that hit me right. That hit me right in the heart. So I will say Overwatch 2 players, I think, are a little bit smarter than COD players. Probably a little older, too. So that helps. Probably maybe. Yeah, probably a little bit older. Oh, I forgot to say so. My favorite thing about the game is that at the end of each match, you can endorse a player. So if somebody did really well, you can give them like little endorsements and it can help with their XP. And that is just just dopamine straight to the brain, bro. Like, I love it when my team just gives me all the endorsements. And I feel like if I'm trapped on an island, I have nobody to like really make me feel good. And I, th- I think this would like really help my own like mental health health unless i do really bad and some guy rips me apart again then i just walk right into the ocean and then yeah i probably would just throw my computer in the ocean for sure go ahead drew and scroll over the the sound because i'm i'm sure my number one is the same as yours we like even when i text him asking for the pod and he wants some clarity i knew exactly what game he was talking about and that is yeah the, the 2000, well, I got the original was released in 2011, but I would choose Skyrim Legendary Edition. Objection! Whoa, he was quick on it. Quick on <laughs> the trigger I didn't queued up. I didn't queued up. Why? Because this game is just so easy to get lost into. I remember the first night I got it, Drew was there and it was a bunch of my high school buddies. We we had, Drew, I think we were, you were what, like a week or two away from turning 17, right? I know if it came out on the 11th of November, I was five days from turning 17 five days away. So as you know, in America for a rated M game, you have to be 17 or older to buy. None of us drew is the oldest in our friend group. None of us were 17 or older. So my mom came along with us to the midnight release Well, shout out to my mom for, for being cool like that. It's uh, one of the things I appreciate about her. We ended up, uh, I, we sat down like in this GameStop because we didn't want to wait outside. And we just had this huge party back at my place. I think we had like, three or four TVs set up playing Skyrim. And that itself was just a magical time. But the game itself, if you guys don't know, it's an Elder Scrolls game, so it's an RPG. And not only is it super immersive, you actually want to explore the world, unlike, you know, Starfield. What? So you can, (laughs) and there's like so much stuff to do. But on top of all this, which I think, which makes it the most replayable game, there's this thing called the Nexus online, and that's the Skyrim mods. And there are over 70,000 mods for this game and it's crazy the stuff people you can turn it into like a souls like game or something and it is really the possibilities are endless and i think it is the most modded game of all time if i remember correctly so i i just think with that you can get story modes basically dlc sides mods and there's just so many different moving pieces and ways you can switch around that it's kind of hard for it to get old and i think it's not going to show up on my steam because like i said sky i think i bought skyrim four times xbox PC, I guess I got the Legendary Edition for free on PC because it gave you a free upgrade, and then the VR. 
So I, I've put probably easily over a thousand hours into this game, and I, I just think it it's not even my favorite Elder Scrolls game, but it is would be my number one Desert Island game. I too am in the uh, thousand hour club for Skyrim, but it's, yeah, it's hard because you play. I bought it for the Xbox first, right, and then you buy it for PC, then you get the free upgrade to the Legendary Edition. And then there's the anniversary edition. Um, not a free upgrade. Then, I don't think we are, but though. yeah, not free. Uh, well, part of it was free, but not the not the bulk of it. And it busted a lot of the mods. But yeah, I Skyrim. I actually don't even think so. I think Skyrim is emblematic of a series of games, most of which are like Bethesda games. And I could have put probably any of these as my number one. I actually think probably the best game of the bunch is is Fallout New Vegas, in my opinion. But it is on a on a older version of the engine, despite coming out like a year before. So Skyrim, the base game, you know, it's 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 a it's a good game, but like the combat, you know, leaves a lot to be desired by modern standards. The story is kind of meh. But uh, what Bethesda nails in in particular with their games is the sense of exploration. Their worlds are really well designed. And you can just kind of it encourages you to stumble through them and just find things. And you, you find like quests that, uh, you know, you, you go on an adventure and you go talk to your friend and you're like, oh, no, I, I haven't done that. Where was that? You know, tell me on the map where I can go to see that. And you might find like a special weapon or something like that. I, I think that's what Bethesda generally usually nails. But yes, like Rob said, the real the real key to success here is the mods. I don't know that I would play vanilla skyrim again i don't know that i would have that much fun with it but with mods you can make the game whatever you want i saw a mod showcase recently that just it doesn't even look like the same game it's 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 nuts like they made the combat more akin to like dark souls so you're flying around in third person doing a bunch of crazy move sets the game graphically looks ridiculous for a 2011 game but i think what's the most emblematic story i have to share uh, of skyrim is that one of the best games one of the, the best times i've had playing a video game was a video game that was just a mod for Skyrim. It was it was a, an entire video game that was built in the Skyrim engine. Completely s- standalone game. It wasn't uh, set in the Elder Scrolls world. It was an existing world that uh, the same team had actually made another game in in, uh, in the Oblivion engine uh, version of the engine. And it was a, an exceptional game. And I put probably I probably put over a hundred hours into that mod into one mod for a game. Uh, you know, <laughs> without even playing the game. Which mod um, so again? yeah, that mod was uh, called Enderal. Yeah, I don't think I played it. It's it's a little disclaimer. Uh, it, it's a great game. I enjoyed it, but uh, what I didn't know at the time was that the story ended up being pretty similar to Mass Effect story. I hadn't played Mass Effect at the time, so when I played this game, I was like, "Wow, what a great story!" Then I played <laughs> Mass Effect later on in life, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> no, I don't know. This, it Wait doesn't it doesn't hit quite as well." <laughs> but I think that they they that that mod in particular, they, the story was good, but they also uh, handled like uh, characters and relationships and uh, quests and stuff really well too. Did you two ever play Skyrim in college? I googled games that are like Ocarina of Time. And in a really technically sort of true on one level Google instance, it said Dark Souls. And I was like, all right, cool. That looks neat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Outside of Z targeting, there's not many uh, similarities Um, and being awesome. Yeah, Z target roll. It's great. You have a sword and a shield sometimes, but I spent so much time learning the ins and outs of Dark Souls. And then someone was like, hey, do you want to borrow Skyrim? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I played a little bit of Skyrim and was like, oh, no, I am not learning another RPG right. I'll do this later. And uh, I've been meaning to do it later for 10 years now. A lot of of your almost played games are similar to that, it seems like. Mm hmm. I'm yeah. very much like I like to hyper focus on one game 
And so, and then someone would be like, well, if you like this, you'll like this. I'm like, I'm sure I will, but it's true. I, and Skyrim even has co- uh, mods on the consoles now. So mm-hmm. is it really? That's yeah. wild. I think yeah, I haven't downloaded. Do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's downloaded on my PS5. I just have to get around to it. A bit more limited on the console, the modding experience, but you can still get some good stuff. I- I'd be disturbed if it was equally as vast as it was on PC. Yeah, PC is uh, it's it's nuts what you can do. There, there's you can mods you didn't even expect. Like Drew's favorite is Schlong's Skyrim. Mm, don't know one. why he would download that, but hey. <laughs> It's Hell's, it's very customizable. <laughs> and helps with uh, the baby making. All right, Mike, why don't you tell us what your favorite block game is? How'd you know? <laughs> is it? Te- I swear to God, if it's, it's Tetris, it's Tetris. I'm going to lose my mind if it's Technoble. My favorite game. Well, excuse me. My Desert Island number one pick by Tecmo Entertainment. No, I'm kidding, man. Uh, it's it's freaking Minecraft, dude. There's no no game that even comes close in terms of time sync for me. I The first time I heard about Minecraft, I was out on the west side and I... West side, um, west side, west side of Michigan doesn't count. Not actually all that cool over there. You like breweries? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the brewery scene's cool, I guess. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I remember I was I was uh, way too young. I don't know what they were thinking, but I was a. Uh, uh, the church I was at was like, hey, come be a, a leader at youth group with the high school students. I was like, dude, I'm 19. This is stupid, but whatever. And a couple of the kids I really vibed with were super into Minecraft. And I remember them telling me about it. And like, this was the first time I'd even heard about it. Like, I had no concept of this game existing. And I was like, sounds so stupid. It's just Legos. Like, maybe they were bad at describing it to me. I don't know. But I was like, no, this sounds like Legos. And I'm constantly hearing you guys complain about losing everything you have in lava. I don't run that risk when I play Legos. Like, I'm good, thanks. And I held that mentality till 2014, I think. I had just gone through a pretty rough breakup, and Rob came over, and he brought his Xbox, and he was like, you want to play Minecraft? And I was like, dude, there's literally nothing on this planet I want to do less than play (laughs) Minecraft. And he was like, come on, man. Just try it. And I was like, all right, dude. And uh, we started playing. He was like, all right, there's one rule you got to know. And I was like, all right, all right. And what is it? He's like, oh, I'll tell you later. I was like, okay. And then this man let me mine straight down and <laughs> laughed at me when I died. And I was like, what is your problem? I have uh, no memory of this, but that sounds like something I would do. Oh, believe me, it happened. <laughs> like right up your alley, Robert. I would not be surprised. in hindsight. Great freaking joke. Also, I was so you learn the best the by trying and failing. And then you learn no, your mistakes. Are you going to throw your kid in the pool without them teaching how to swim? Hey, we got to learn. <laughs> I used to be a lifeguard. <laughs> I can resuscitate them. Oh my God, <laughs> no. bring your kid back to life. That's something. What, what do you see? Tell me. <laughs> what is it called when you're about to die and you come back to life? Like it's a it was a movie flatlining. Something like oh, that. Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. It's like a movie where you go back, you die, and then you come back. It's okay. Continue. I'm sorry. No, you're good, man. Yeah, but like the first time you experience Minecraft is just, I thought it was one of the most magical things ever. Like I had so much fun digging a little box in the ground and just lining it with double chests. It just things that I would almost consider tedious and early game grind now were just like... They were magical and it was it was the best. I thought I dude, I was I had no money at the time. Like I like to say I was living paycheck to paycheck would be generous. And so I played the demo, which only gave you like 10 minutes at a time on Xbox 360 relentlessly for like a week and a half. I was basically speed running the demo to build as much of a base as I could in 10 minutes. 
and finally my paycheck came in and I bought it for 360 and I played so much Minecraft on 360 and I started watching some YouTubers. I found to call him a smaller YouTube channel would be kind of weird because he's on Hermitcraft, which is one of the biggest collaborative Minecraft, you know, groups on YouTube, but he's definitely one of the smaller creators on of the Hermitcraft. This guy named Wells Knight, and he has he does a really good job doing building videos where you can understand what he's building and you can kind of replicate the style. And his style looks good, but it's not super fancy. And so it's very it's very much something that you can kind of learn from as a beginner and really like up your building game quickly. And so right as I was kind of like, okay, this has been fun. I ran into this guy and I was like, oh man, I'm starting to see what you can do with this game. And I played a little bit more and I started getting into farms and I just started to realize how much better Java edition is than the the bedrock edition, especially the 360 version mm-hmm. uh, where you don't you like you so small. Your world is so, it's so small. Like you're lucky if you can get all the biomes. If you even if you can get all the biomes, they're going to be tiny and crammed. It's just yeah. So I, I then spent my next thirty dollars on Minecraft. I've spent at least one hundred and twenty dollars buying different like buying Minecraft over and over again. Yeah. When I finally got Java edition and I learned about Optifine, it was over, Amen. man. Like I, Optifine will let you run that game smoother at a higher level of performance on a crappy computer, honestly. And Wells Knight did this thing. He had this the series he ran called Kingdoms, where basically he would just build a city and then he would build a, a road and then he'd build another city. And so he, and like he'd give them all some lore and they'd all be unique. And I was just fascinated by the concept. And so I started building I started building one city. It was going to be a small little medieval city, classic Minecraft stuff. And I, for like a year and a half, I'd get home, I'd start playing Minecraft, I'd work my eight hours a day in Minecraft, and then I'd go to bed. And that was just my life, man. I, I legitimately had probably somewhere between 30 to 50 hours a week just playing Minecraft. I And I wasn't trying to make a YouTube channel. I wasn't trying to do the whole thing. I just, I, I couldn't stop coming up with new things to build and new ways to expand. And then I would find new creators. But just like seeing that there were people who were doing this, just building cities and connecting them and the different way, like, dude, I, I, I still like, at this point, I will take months off because I know if I start, it will just consume my every waking moment. Like I will be at work planning builds and constructing redstone contraptions in my head. Yeah. And I can just spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours and then leave and then come back. I love the grind. I love making just obscenely massive bases that are usually the kind of stuff you see people who play Minecraft for a living to because they can afford to do it because they're spending eight hours a day on this game. I don't even need to be famous, man. I just love doing that. It is so peaceful, almost therapeutic in a way for me. And also my first two games, love them to death, but they are bleak as hell. And something that is just a relief. I felt like that was important to have some level of variety on uh, on my desert island. So in uh, I'm sick of plague and and infection, which is the common thread between my first two games. It is I just wow. I, I didn't even I, notice that. Depressing. Both of them, wow. It is yeah, depressing. I, I knew they were both dark, but I didn't realize it had basically the same theme. Yeah, um, <laughs> it does have the same theme. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can just go play Minecraft, and I can construct, and I can be artistic, and it's also it's got that Minecraft has that beautiful blend 
of scientific mathematic thought that you have to put into things and then also creativity like my most recent world i was really working to combine circles and squares in my build so i'd make a lot of circles and then try and work rectangular shapes in and i'd be blending multiple different sized circles and have it was just a lot of geometry but also trying to make it look beautiful yeah man it just it does something for me man minecraft is uh so i played maybe like two minutes of minecraft but i i almost put it on my list because i know that like uh, if I needed to, I could dump a bajillion hours into this. You know, as a as a software engineer myself, I love the fact that the game is Turing complete. Right, like you can you can build actual computers in the game right. out of components, and that's pretty nuts. I've seen some crazy things. I've seen people simulate like actual uh, I've seen people make Pokemon, like the original Pokemon in Minecraft. Yep, you can simulate even how like older like cathode ray TVs would work with forget what the technical term is, but like the, how it would like uh, scan pixels down a screen. You can like watch that happen. It's it's pretty nuts. And I would totally nerd out on that if I played Minecraft. Lou, bring <laughs> us on home. What is your number one? My number one. So when I thought about number one, I thought about what was the one thing I'm going to miss most um, on the island? Your wife. Dude, no sex simulators. All right. That's just gross. We broke him. I was I was giving you the alley-oop, but I'm so happy, Mike, that you got you saw it and you slammed it down. Good job. I appreciate it. Um, no, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes, I'm looking for human interaction. And I think of out of all the games, Red Dead, Red Dead 2, I think is hands down. I think the most interactive people, you know, you have you have a whole gang and you have so many people. There's like 20, there's 26 members in your gang and everybody has their own personalities. And yeah, I think I would just generally just want to feel like I'm part of a family. And I think Red Dead would be best at it. Don't play past act one. Okay, that's something to say. Well, I'm just saying because... If you want the family thing, you can't if go you too want the far. Family you can't go too far yes. into the game. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Have that is gosh a good point. darn faith. Well, I mean, depending on your family life, it might make you feel right at home, you know? That's the fair. Yeah, a lot of broken families out there. Shout out to all the single parent raised kids. And if you're a single uh, so yeah. parent, no. <laughs> if you're a single parent, why are you listening to us talk? Where's your child at right now? We appreciate you. Yeah, we do. They're so, yeah. probably working hard at their second job at night while their child sleeps with uh, you know, a family member. I see you, single parent, and I'm really glad I don't have to work a second job. That was deep, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I should continue to talk or not about Red Dead. <laughs> I mean, talk about your game for sure. So Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, so Red Dead it has a, about a... 51 hours of gameplay for the main storyline, and then it has about 183 hours to complain. Did you just look the- up how long to beat like that website? Is that what yeah, yeah, numbers? that's exactly the website I used. Should I shout out how long to beat? I'm sorry, how long to beat? Shout out to howlongtobeat.com. I just looked up some of the top games. Some of the top games on how long to beat are super sad, though, like Osa. I don't know if you ever heard of that game. I have not. It's like a tapping game. Cool, cool, like cool. A rhythm game. Like a rhythm. It's okay. like a rhythm game, but it's like a like a rhythm drag game. Tapping surprised simulator. You guys, surprised you've never seen this Osa game. Yeah. So Red Dead Redemption. My favorite thing about Red Dead is that you uh, outside of the family. Yeah. Shout out to. I didn't even think about how many people die in the game, Robert. Spoiler. You really just blew out. You really just blew my whole train of thought with that one. Spoiler. People die in Western video games. People die in Western video games. The main character, he gets AIDS and dies. It's crazy. Uh, So, yes, close enough. One of my favorite things is all the mini games. And so they have poker, blackjack, dominoes, uh, the knife finger game. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of cool in the sense of 
I have all these extra games to play outside of this whole huge thing. Bang. Some of my favorite things to do in the game is bounty hunting, hunting. I, I love a good robbing people. I love petting animals. And there's the KKK that you could just completely massacre. Blow up, yeah. Uh, that you could just, yeah, you could just completely blow up. So Have you found the swamp uh, people yet? No, I have not Dude, found the swamp that's people. That's stuff with nightmares. Mm. I, I got caught some some fat guy gave me a drug knocked me out and then threw me in a ditch it sounds kind of like them but there's like a name for them yeah they're like the backwoods like in okay cells and then yes yeah i did i I didn't fall for it though i didn't eat their food yeah yeah i was like no thank you i will not eat your human meat good sir there's uh game informers has 101 things to do at red dead redemption 2 i just think if i'm if i need some human interaction you can't sleep with hookers fun fact so i wouldn't have to sin i don't know what the hell i'm going with this guys <laughs> well i mean I, I, it's not GTA. It's not like, on, i, I yeah, thought yeah. you got aids at the end of the game How, if you can't sleep with the hookers what's, oh, what's going some on some poor rich man some poor rich man some poor man caught me Offed me in the face. Offed in my face. Have you ever played Red Dead, Mike? No, but it doesn't sound medically accurate if that's how you got AIDS. No, it's like, it's not bronchitis. It's another one of those. Like, uh, it's like one of the, yeah, the old timey ones. It's that syphilis. It's curable now. Tuberculosis? Tuber- yeah, it was, it was TB. It uh, is TB. Classic. The old sniffleless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have a PlayStation 5, Mike, you might as well play the game. It's a pretty good one. It is I, one of my I, favorite stories. Okay, All right. I, I definitely consider it. I I know I started Red Dead and I won back on 360, and I went. This is really slow. Yeah, it's a slow burn. It's like it a West, it's like a Western movie. You know, it's kind of a slow burn. Yeah, Old westerns. The first like I feel like the first hour is really really slow, but it's it builds everything up. That's fair. I, like I was not good at controlling my expectations for a game at the time either. I thought about it was either Red Dead or The Witcher Three. And honestly, the thing that why I picked Red Dead is because you could have sex with elves in Witcher Three, and I just don't want to Drawback? be. Uh, I just don't want to be stroking it on the island by myself. <laughs> That'd be really sad. You can't get dehydrated any faster, you know. <laughs> yeah. Save those fluids. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. my mother-in-law, if you listen to this. It was a joke. Well, I mean, he's already on howlongtobeat.com, so like he's, he knows all the time. We talked about beating uh, people getting beat off last week. Well, Drew, thank you for coming on the Top Podcast. Do you have anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, guys, as you know, I have uh, three children under the age of three, so I don't have much of a life, so I don't really have much to plug. Actually, I'll plug my wife because she's awesome, and she takes care of the kids during the day and somehow hasn't had a full-blown mental breakdown yet. So I appreciate her. Thank you, Kenzie. Shout out to Kenzie. Shout out to Kenzie. And I joked uh, to Robert that I would shout out uh, Mustard on uh, Coney Dogs because uh, he hates Mustard, and I just think that's sad. He lives a Man, I'm not a big Mustard fan, but you got to Mustard your Coney Dog. You got to do it. We made a big pot of Detroit chili for our pool party and I did not put a single dab of mustard, a dollop of mustard on my Tony Dogs. You told those North Dakota people though to put it oh, on, I right? Did. Yeah, I told them. I said, I don't but I said if you want to be, you know, excommunicated you put a, a strict thing of ketchup on there. Oh, no. Like they'll chop off your hands. Yeah, no, that's they, unacceptable. They would love mustard in North Dakota. Am I not right? Am I, is that I, fair I feel like it's the same it's the same percentage as everywhere. I'm definitely in the, the small minority of people that don't like mustard. Mike, what are we talking about next week? So it's been a minute since we've talked to YouTube. So and I really, really dig the the Desert Island theme. So what I kind of came up with is if you could only save five YouTube channels from permanent deletion, which five would you pick? That's good. If you guys enjoyed what you listened to, please give us a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, 
please give us a five-star review and leave a comment. And when we read off on the podcast, you'll get a plus to your top topper score. Other than that, we'd love to hear from you on any of our socials. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what your top three Desert Island games are. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. Uh, skippity boop no, on bitches. <laughs>